Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. It's Tuesday, May 3rd. I'm Giulia Rusconi. And I'm Richard Woolley. Coming up on today's podcast, we provide a quick update on the primary market. Editor Magnus Sherman provides an update on the situation in Russia and Ukraine. We hear from senior reporter Aurelia Siedelhofer about German real estate company Adler Group. And senior legal analyst Azura Camilleri discusses the EMEA Covenants team's latest research into sustainability-linked bonds. First, though, a reminder that beginning tomorrow, May 4th, and running through Thursday, Reorg and FT Live are partnering to deliver the inaugural Global Alternative Credit Summit. The conference will bring together leading investors, borrowers, lenders and advisors to discuss how to unlock opportunities in private debt as the credit cycle turns. More than 50 industry experts will tackle the topic of unlocking opportunities in the private credit markets, and speakers will be discussing how private credit is evolving and shaking up debt markets assessing the key drivers behind its current rate of growth and where the industry will go from here. Register for full virtual access to content over the two days by visiting alternativecredit.live.ft.com and using the discount code REORG15. We have another new bond in primary this morning. Italian food supplements manufacturer Biopharma has brought 345 million seven-year floating rate notes to take out the bridge that supported its buyout by Aridian. Reorg's credit analysts are currently working on a primary analysis first take on Biopharma notes, which will be published later today. The first take will be followed by a more comprehensive primary analysis, which will be published in the next couple of days. This new issuance follows last week's issue of Miller Homes dual tranche offering, which was the first bond to launch since Russia's invasion of Ukraine and suggests that the European high yield market has properly reopened. But despite a heavy pipeline, it's the only deal that came today so far, aside from a 100 million add-on for work zone safety group and after Refresco's 3.5 billion equivalent term loan B prices today. There are no other loans in the market apart from the add-on. On the bond side, the hesitation is understandable. Miller Homes had to price its fixed rate note paying 7% with an OAD of 93.45 last week, after WM Morrison's had placed about 1 billion sterling senior secure notes due 2027 with a coupon of 5.5% and OED of 89. Miller Homes floaters came at 97. The European high yield market had outflows three weeks in a row, which explains the weak demand for bonds. But the loan market has generally been pretty receptive over the last few weeks, and CLOs are still printing. Where Fresco tightened the OED on its Euro tranche to 98.99, while the previous two deals, Coupa and Clinigen, has also tightened terms during syndication, as we mentioned last week. On that basis, it's surprising not to see more issuers come to market, especially as they would benefit from having the field to themselves. The lack of new deals is probably down to a continued weak macro picture. Germany's 10-year yields hit 1% for the first time since 2015, while the 10-year Treasury yield traded around 3% for the first time since 2018. A quick reminder before we hear from senior editor Magnus Sherman, 
that REORG's Ukraine Invasion Impact Tracker is still being regularly updated on our website. This is a rundown of all of the situations across Europe that are being affected in some way by the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, including details where available of their capital structures. Hi Magnus, thanks for joining us again. So uh, last week when we spoke, we left off um, with a, a kind of an open question about how Russia was going to uh, treat its sovereign bonds. Um, in the week since we spoke, what's developed? Yeah, we had a, a bit of a U-turn on, on Friday when the Ministry of Finance in Moscow announced that it had actually changed its mind and paid the about $650 million uh, on two euro bonds in, in US dollars and not in rubles, which had uh, caused this issue about a month ago. That was very significant because it um, looks like that means that they are going to avoid a, a sovereign default, uh, which would have taken place tomorrow. And um, that would, of course, been you know a political sensitive uh, moment, especially uh, so close to Victory Day in Russia, um, when many observers had sort of viewed that as a date where Russia would would have liked to wrap this uh, war with Ukraine up. Uh, clearly, that's not taking place, and a uh, a sovereign default on top would have just been uh, been very bad optics back at home. Um, so I think that was a an interesting uh, situation, and and also interesting why uh, Citibank um, apparently has a, has allowed the money to to flow to bondholders um, in in some of the corporate situations in Russia. Uh, companies with uh, majority owners who are sanctioned are in uh, in a situation where they are actually not being being allowed allowed to um, to make these uh, coupon payments. So it's interesting that that uh, the Ministry of Finance apparently uh, was allowed to um, to make that. So that's in Russia, and on the other side, in in Ukraine, we saw a, a consent solicitation uh, launched last week by DTEK Renewables. That's the uh, the clean energy uh, sister company of uh, DTEK Energy. They said that they are going to uh, make the um, uh, coupon payment on the, on the 11th of May uh, on its Eurobond. It has a, an 8.5% uh, Eurobond due in 2024. Um, I think that's on its own pretty remarkable and speaks into this theme that we talked about last week about Ukrainian issues being uh, being taking the view that this shall not let them default and um, and so far we haven't seen any uh, the bond is quoted in the high 30s and they are, they are going to make that um, that, that uh, payment uh, they do need a couple of amendments to uh, some conditions in the bonds uh, because they're going to be using money that are sitting in uh, an interest reserve account and uh, they just need bondholder approval for that Okay, well, thanks again for joining us. Look forward to speaking again next week. Thank you. German real estate group Adler is a familiar name to many after Viceroy Research published a report on the group late last year. It's been in the news again over the weekend, and I caught up with senior reporter Aurelia Siedelhofer, who's been following the name. The bonds of Adler Group have come down sharply um, today, about 10 to almost 20 points, depending on the bond, since last Friday because the company's auditor, KPMG, issued a disclaimer of opinion on the 2021 financial statements, which the company published on Saturday. And the auditor said this is because it couldn't access certain information about affiliated companies and persons. And it also said it couldn't verify whether the treatment of some transactions and management's assessment of cash balances was appropriate. 
investors are obviously a bit disappointed. The company then said it wanted to publish the accounts by the April 30th deadline instead of delaying them to ensure that the covenants under the bonds were met. Um, they could have taken advantage of a grace period, but they decided in this case not to. On a call this morning, management stressed that no covenants are breached at the moment and that the company is working on curing some of the issues KPMG found. Crucially, it also pointed out that cash balances were assessed as part of this process and the cash is definitely there. That's what they said. And this news comes 10 days after KPMG published a separate special report on allegations um, the short seller group Viceray made in autumn last year. Even after that, uh, you already saw bonds weakening and investors were quite disappointed because a lot of these allegations could not be proven as incorrect. And that was because Adler Group uh, withheld a lot of information from KPMG. There were also some other issues, including that the auditor arrived at a different fair value for the development portfolio. Having looked in detail at the ESG components of European leverage loans, the EMEA Covenants team is now preparing to publish a piece of research on the bond market. I spoke to Azura Camilleri to find out more. Hi Azura, thanks for joining us. Hi Richard, thank you for having me. So the European high yield market saw the advent of sustainability linked bond issuances in 2021. Um, for anyone who's not been following this closely, can you please explain what these bonds are? Yeah, sure. Sustainability-linked bonds are bonds which impose pricing adjustment on the notes if the issuer fails to achieve preset environmental, social and or governance targets. Between last year and the first quarter of 2022, 17% of European high-yield bond issuances in our market maker were sustainability-linked bonds. We will soon publish an overview on sustainability-linked bonds and key trends seen over 30 bonds reviewed between last year and the first quarter of 2022. Okay, and um, just looking through the market maker database, can you give us a kind of a, a taste of the latest findings on these bonds? Sure. As a general overview, we have seen that if issuers fail to beat the ESG targets or, or fail to provide the required documentation confirming that the ESG targets have been met, a step up in the coupon or the redemption premium will apply. However, no default or mandatory redemption will result from failure to meet the targets or provide the required documentation. Over half of the 2021-22 ESG deals reviewed will pay both an increased coupon and a redemption premium at maturity or upon early redemption. Only a coupon increase will be paid in one-third of the 2021-22 ESG bonds. In the remaining deals, a premium will be paid if the bonds are redeemed early or at maturity. Okay, so you mentioned you reviewed uh, over 30 of these sustainability-linked bonds. How do you track the data on these? We are tracking over 30 ESG data on bonds, covering key performance indicator, targets, pricing adjustment, and amending regime, just to give you um, a few of them. Currently, these are the internal database, but will soon be available to our subscribers. And similarly, on the loan side of things, how do we track the data there? We also have an ESG internal database for loans. 
Based on the statistics extracted from this internal database, we have analyzed the European leveraged loans market in 2021 to present and published latest development. For more information, see our ESG monitor on the Reorg website. Thank you very much. Thank you. As always, more information on all of the situations discussed in the podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We'll be back next week with another Reorg Europe podcast. Thank you very much for listening. 